Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's uh, open with prayer here today. Uh, the Lord told me to use Colossians 4, verses 3 through 4, is where, uh, primarily. Uh, you guys don't need to turn there, but I'll read it. Actually, I'm going to start in verse 2. It says, continue earnestly in prayer. So, yeah, that'll, that'll, be, that'll work. Um, being vigilant. Oh, it's kind of like continuing is vigilance. Um, in prayer and it with thanksgiving. And this is where the Lord wanted me to focus in on, on as far as this part. It says, meanwhile, praying also for us, and here's our prayer, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ. And in verse 4 at the end it says, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. And so, Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord. That we can come into your place, that this building, but Lord, that we can fellowship. That there are well springs on the inside of each one of us. Plantings of the Lord. That there's been seeds that have been sown into the soil of our hearts. And Lord, today, at this time, as we come together, that those things will start to come out. That they give sprout. That there's, the, there's that head that comes out that fruit is coming out of our lives we thank you for your holy spirit that's tending to us right now lord that those words will be spoken so from your word into our heart that they have eternal ramifications we thank you father that you are with us and that you are for us that you've planned this out beforehand in jesus name amen and so we're going to look at this. I, I called it gleanings, really simple, just gleanings is what, is what I was going to call it. What we're doing is we're going to kind of go back. The Lord had me just going back through my notes, just notes. Um, there is a teaching or two in here, and I, I don't know if I'm going to get distracted by the teaching or the, by the notes, but we'll figure that out as we continue. Um, I'll take the uh, personal liberty as we are. That's why we had to pray that the Lord would give me the words so that I don't find my personal liberty when I'm supposed to be using his. Um, and so to glean, here's what gleaning is. Gleaning is to gather leftover grain or produce after a harvest and this practice goes all the way back to mosaic law they they actually there are laws um i get to implement this into my company because you know what godly principles have godly results and i would like god's results in my company so there's things like where it says um when you go over an olive tree you only get to go over it once how many people have gone back through their things to find out if they could get more out of something? Oop, selfish, sorry. Just, we'll kick you right now and we'll just get started with the beatings until morality, or until morale improves. You know what I mean? That's, I love that saying, the beatings will continue until morale improves. And so, um, we, we, we'll start right there. But what we've done, and I've done it. I, I was so, in many ways, um, you know, we're buying tape, masking tape and stuff to paint, you know, and you're sticking stuff up. And somebody goes to throw it away and, because there's only like a foot or two left. And it's like, a foot or two? Are you kidding me? Get that back out of the trash. You're going to use all this up. You know, and, and I found myself, one of the best days was I still remember I had an employee that worked for me, Perfa Tape. 
when you're doing perfect tape, it's just a piece of paper. I mean, it's not even sticky on one side, okay? It's literally like a piece of paper. If you took cardboard, separated it, and took that, like, pulled it apart, perfect tape. Why not? Anyway, um, so he had, we, we'd gotten them down. You use them in a tool. You got to load it into the tool. You start using it, whether a banjo or a bazooka. These are just parts and terms. Um, and you would start going, and of course, when it runs out, you replace it, right? I mean, just like an empty clip in a gun. You got to put another bullet back in it. Uh, it's just not good. I mean, that's how you want to use them. Um, and so... We, I, I would, we would do these things. Well, you would end a job, right? And it may not have used it all up, so you had what's called a partial or a leftover. And I would go many times. I'd walk. I remember going into houses, and I would find all these little... The roll starts off 500 foot, and it gets down, you know, as it keeps getting used. And there's about this much. And I looked one day in the trash, and there was like eight of these partials. And I, I dig them things all back out, and I pull them all back up, and I get them all ready to go because you're going to use up all these leftovers. And the gentleman asks me, he walks in, he goes, oh, you do that? And I went, yeah. And I said, I want you to, and he goes, how much is a roll of perfect tape? And at that time, it was like $2.59 for that 500 foot. And, I, and he goes, so how much is left there? And I said, I don't know. Um, Less than 10%. He goes, so 25 cents a roll? And I said, yeah. And so he digs it, he reaches his hand in his pocket, pulls out the change. And he goes, there's $2. That's at least eight rolls. I don't want. And he grabs them and he threw them in the trash. And he goes, my time's worth more. Should I make him just keep reloading and stopping every 20 feet because I want to get this? And, and I, you know, Or should I just... Throw away the leftovers. There's a thing called value and there's a thing called price, right? I mean, what do you want? Value in your life or do you just want a cheap one that gets you by? But gleanings, anyway, are leftovers. So what I've done now with leftovers in the business that I have, if my employees come through and glean through these fields, they can take some perfect tape home and go tape a patch what do I care? Just leftovers. They need some leftover primer because I painted your house, charged you too much, and took, you know, two gallons home. Oh, wait, I didn't say it, but that's how some people may say it. You know, and so, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, and then when my employee goes home and paints their bathroom or their kitchen with the free paint that they just received, it's a blessing. Um, and so we start realizing that, so this is the thing. If you're going to take God's perspective on something, let's, let's just pull yourself up, okay? So it's not your perspective. This is God's perspective. Let's, let's the 10,000-foot view, you know? See, he never sees my sweaty armpit um, because he's above me. So glory to God, right? I'm, it's just, he, he just keeps looking at me through the eyes of Jesus, and I look good. Anyway, um, and so uh, we back up to God's perspective. We get all the way up here. And God's perspective, it's interesting because God doesn't have need. He only has supply. So we find ourselves looking at God with needs. And all he looks at us with is supply. 
all my needs have been met according to his riches in glory. So I got, I got Christ looking down on us. It's met. I'm, so we find ourselves, if we, we become need conscious, guess what we're actually conscious of? Our humanity. We haven't become conscious of the deity that resides within us or is considered our Lord and Master, our King. When he makes a statement of provision, I mean, I thought he said that his grace was sufficient for me. So when did I run out of God's power? So gleanings is an interesting, I I love this, but because the Lord told me, you know, we don't get to go over my field again. I don't get to go over my olive tree again. I don't get to go. It says, do not go to the corners or to the borders of your field. See, you're supposed to believe that you have enough increase in your life that you can touch the people around you and not that you're in lack. And the thing is, we're only going to talk about teaching gleanings. We're talking about the Word of God. But you can see how this applies to everything. And so, it goes back, that the, the Mosaic Law, a more modern definition would be to collect gradually and bit by bit or to extract information from various sources. You're gleaning how to go do something. So, let me continue here. So we see an example of this practice in Ruth chapter 2 as Ruth goes to glean in the field of Boaz who is a relative of her mother-in-law Naomi. And this act um, brings about events. This is the most amazing thing about this. So gleanings, I'll, I'll hold right there for just one second. Gleanings, there's, there's a couple purposes for it. Um, they allowed poor people if you would, to find provision, okay? You go out and glean in those fields. If they needed assistance or provision, they could go into that place. Now, did they work for this? Yes. This ain't a handout to poor people. There's a biblical principle. If you're handing it out, you probably ain't helping out. Okay? Okay? Just, if you don't work, you don't, glory to God. Just, this is it. So there is a place, though, that these people can go, and they can glean. Now, it actually states that you can, in the story of Boaz and Ruth, it's wonderful because Boaz actually says, let her even get in close to the shocks. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, amen. <laughs> she, I watched her reach up, and I'm like, I'm feeling it myself. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it bore witness. Anyway, uh, but uh, so Boaz tells him to not even despair, to be despairing or push Ruth away if she got close to the actual shocks of grain that they'd harvest, and, at, and he goes, actually, pour some out for her. Leave a little extra. They didn't hand it to her. She still had to go work. Man, we got to 
fix some mindsets. Oh, glory to God. Overtime should be a gift, not a penalty. I mean, if you got bills to pay, we may not even get there, but there's a scripture inside this thing called the Bible um, that, uh, anyway, I'm not going to that one. I found it in the passion in a different fashion in my studies, and I went, holy Lord Jesus, did you really say it that way? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to grow up. I'm learning. Um, so, but Ruth and Bo- so there's gleanings, there's these, pla- and so you leave them out purposely. So this is the thing. You could be the one with the field, or you can be the one in the field. But provision is still there. Okay, next thing about gleanings outside of provision for food and stuff like that. Oh my God, do you know how much that woman got, Ruth? She got an, an ephah, okay? Everybody knows what that is, right? Yeah, I know, right? Anyway, I had to look it up. It's almost a bushel. Eight pounds of dry grain once threshed. Okay, eight or, or, or no, sorry, 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 sorry. Eight gallons. Eight gallons. How much does that weigh? Yeah. So this woman is out there, with, and she got enough that when she got take it home to Naomi, she had eight gallons of grain to work with now. Make some flour. They'll feed you. That's her day's work. Provision. But here's the other thing about this. The Levitical law, the Mosaic law, however you want to go into this, also would allow for, has anybody ever heard of a grain offering? A grain offering. So grain offerings are offerings that could be offered sometimes in lieu of. Like they made... The, the Bible actually has things like if a person can't afford a ram, they can go to a turtle dove. If they can't get to a sheep or an oxen, they could step it down. And you could step it down to even a grain offering. So you can still satisfy all the needs or requirements of God by walking into a field that you do not own. And all provision is there so his mercy can flow into your life and your sins are covered no matter what. Mercy is lying on the ground. And we, in some places, are to be extending mercy when somebody comes into our fields and we're supposed to be shaking out a little bit more and just giving them a little bit more. Here's some, you know what, I know you didn't, I know, because mercy triumphs over judgment. Ooh. That means they don't earn this. They didn't deserve this. It's a love thing. And so it pours it out. And so gleanings, gleanings are wonderful. I mean, I I remember when the Lord first started showing this to me a while back, a couple years ago. I don't know when he got me on this. Um, And it's just one. Actually, how he did it was preparing the uh, tithes and offerings and the Lord told me to go through all the uh, offerings of the Bible, like the grain offering and things like this. And because I thought an offering or a sacrifice had to be the same thing, right? 
How should, what should be the difference between offering and sacrifice? Does it not cost you something? Should it not be of your first fruits or of your uh, tithe or what? Is that not an offering or a sacrifice to the Lord? A setting apart or a pulling aside and saying this is for you? And so the Lord told me to go down through all the sacrifices. And, and when in doing that, I came across gleanings. And it's changing my life all the time because it keeps changing my business. It changes my outlook. It changes what I do. And uh, anyway. So this act, this is a wonderful thing. So Na- uh, Ruth is out there gleaning in the fields of Boaz. Ruth chapter 2. In the fields of Boaz, he says, he offers protection to her. Says, you stay close to the other people that glean in my field. The men have been instructed not to touch you nor hurt you. Actually, whenever you get tired, go. For the men have drawn water for you. And you can go, and when you're thirsty, drink from what the young men have provided. And continue your gleanings. So, he does all this, but... This act, in this case, in, in Ruth chapter 2, and you guys can go read this. It's like a story. It's so easy to read, Ruth is. Um, this act brings about events that had eternal significance. Eternal. So, because what people don't always know is that Ruth and Boaz, eventually, you know, they get married. He's the kinsman redeemer. They have a son called Obed. And Obed has a son called Jesse. And we're getting more and more familiar, if you didn't know. And Jesse has a son named, well, his seventh son, the little ruddy, red-headed kid named David. And Ruth, with her gleanings of being a poor, widowed, foreign woman, Moabite woman, is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. It's just amazing. So we're going to look at some of the gleanings that I've found in what we're going to call the fields of like faith, family, church, my devotional life, and things like this. We're just going to go back over like six months. And may we, too, find eternal significance in our endeavor. And so, gleanings had purpose. I, I, I kind of already touched this. These deposits were left or missed by harvesters, reflecting God's mercy on humanity. It would be an assistance, a provision, either as seed or food for the poor, widows, orphans, and the like. Gleanings could be gathered and used as a grain offering to the Lord. Okay, that's... That we've kind of touched it. Doug Jones, when he was here, gleaning number one, um, stated that failure to honor removes the subject's impact on our lives. It doesn't remove the gift of the one in which it resides. So you have something residing on the inside of you And that gift has been given by God, and he will never change his mind. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He will not turn away from this. So the the real crux of the conversation comes down to failure to honor. 
And so what did he end up calling this time of honoring? Anybody remember? Think time. Think time. What you allow or give yourself to or meditate upon would create the honor for what's inside of you to get out. The calling and purpose of God. You have to reflect. So we have to give honor to what or whom honor is due. And are there things of God important of us, important enough for us to look at again? That's, we're going to give some think time. We're going to do a gleaning. We're going to go back through a field and look at some things. And so, as we go through this, that, that, that was this. So, and then, Pastor Sean, in his sermon entitled, In Your Control, on April 3rd, stated this. Growing up spiritually requires personal responsibility. Have we gone back to our personal responsibility? Or did we just hear a sermon and scoot out the door? Are we honoring the things that the Lord has? Guilty, before I even tell you what I'm going to ask you. Okay. Going back and reading through all my notes. Who does it? Through all their notes, their journals, their sermons, their... I mean, or do we just write on paper and throw them away? I know, huh? It's, it's tough stuff. <coughs> So, but that's what gleaning is. It's to go back over and to work a field to gather these things in, and sometimes we're going to find an offering in there. Sometimes we're going to find provision in there. We got to go back over these things and look at them. And so he... he um, Pastor Sean saying, growing up spiritually requires personal responsibility. Are we taking this personally? It is better, I love this, <laughs> it is better to be self-disciplined, this is what I wrote to this, than, to be self-disciplined than to suffer corporate or institutional discipline. It is. I, I we're, I'll keep going. Uh, so for those who went to the uh, National, or Northern Plains Believers Rally, the NPBR, Krista Phelan was talking about, um, I forgot the title of her thing. But anyway, uh, she talked about having a fruit fight. If anybody was over there or got to look at her, way, she was talking about having a fruit fight. And so you had the Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit, and if you would pick that up, you always had a fruit that would overcome evil. There's always something. In this case, the fruit of self-discipline, you need to get a big old bowl and, and get ready for your fruit fight. You know what I mean? And we're going to go to war with the word of God on our side from the inside of us, from the ability that's been given to us. And we can pick a fruit fight with the devil. You know what I mean? Because we don't, we, we, we don't sling dirt around here because he who slings dirt loses ground. Anyway, just, just so you know, <laughs> if you didn't know that, that's, you may want to write that one down. No, I just, but, uh, but, 
So she, she started, you know, stating that there's a fruit to overcome every obstacle produced by the enemy. And, of course, we need self-control in what I'm talking about here. This life of review will be the purpose steps of tomorrow. To prune now is to be laden with abundance in your future. This diligent, faithful cultivation becomes the bedrock of your future supply. Are we taking the time, or do we just read the book for men's, ladies? Gotcha. Glory to God. Got that done. Done. It's off the list. What was it? You know, I don't even remember what that book was. Uh, what was that book? What's the book that we're in right now? Uh, what, what study? What's Wednesday night's about? 22? I know it was on 22. I think it was on 22. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 27? That's only six months. I've been hearing this for this long. Why would I go back and look at it? Because there could be the potential sacrifice, the eternal ramifications for your future. Are we taking time? I'm going to do a lot of reading. <laughs> that clock is terrible. Anyway... You'll get the point, but we won't get to many notes outside of this. Proverbs chapter 1. I'm going to do it in the Passion Translation. You may want to just listen along. There are some words. It's very interesting. I didn't really. Anyway, the Lord just told me to start reading. I started reading. As I was reading, I started writing. As you read and write, you end up developing a sermon. I, just, well, I don't know. How, anyway, What? This is very interesting to me. So uh, Proverbs 1, and, and just, just listen to this. It's just, this is like a story. So think of this as it's set. This is King Solomon reflecting on his life, looking at things, thinking of his father David, you know. And uh, so, you know, he's just, if, you, if you've been to this place, if you're a young student, you're, you're hungry for knowledge and you're inquisitive, you're learning. If you're the older teacher and you're giving instruction, you're desiring that they grasp it. And so the unity of the two is a productive future. It's always in the future. Nothing taught is not for the moment. It's always taught to be used or applied. And so Proverbs chapter 1. Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by. The words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. Written as Proverbs by Israel's King Solomon, David's son. Within these sayings will be found the revelation of wisdom, the impartation of spiritual understanding. Use them as keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge. 
You see that next moment right there? Those who cling to these words will receive. No, no, let's go back to kingdom revelations, empowering you to reign in life. Let's, let's go back to, okay. Those who cling to these words will receive discipline. But, okay, so, okay, we're going to receive discipline. Why? To demonstrate wisdom in every relationship. Why are we on the planet? To be an island unto ourselves, right? I mean, I'm going to make my mark. It's my fire hydrant. I don't know what you want to say. <laughs> but uh, just... <laughs> Sorry, I don't... But <laughs> glory to God. Yeah, we better laugh a moment. Uh, to de- this, so those who cl- Let's put this thing together now. Those who cling to these words will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship and to choose what is right and just and fair. That would mean to do righteously. To choose what is right would be to be righteous. To choose to what is just would be justice. What happens if everybody only knows you as somebody that is always righteous and always just and always fair? We're just walking in the... How did we get it again, though? Those who cling to these words. That would have to go back and look at it again. That's not touching these words. That's not having an occasion with these words. That's not having, you know, a, a, a brushing by of these, clinging to these words. These Proverbs will give you great skill to reach the immature. Say amen. You know what everybody is? Before they were saved and at the point of salvation, still immature. Oh, yeah. And make them wise. These people just won't understand. How do we change this world that we live in? It's telling us. Why do we ask these questions? God tells you how to do it. And we go, really? Why? He To teach the image, how are these people going to understand me? How are they going to know? How do I get through to my family? How do I teach my employees? What about, you know, the the classes that I teach? Where, Where, you know, what? These Proverbs will give you great skill to teach the immature and make them wise. To give the youth an understanding of their destiny and design. Holy smokes! Our children are wayward. They're lost. They don't know where they're going. They don't have the Bible? Psalms 119.11 Thy word have I hid in. Whoa, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. 
out of the abundance of the, the, oh, are you telling me that the word of God is supposed to be coming and that means that everybody that I have interaction with, I can create their design and their destiny? I got 10 chapters I'm supposed to get through. <laughs> Good Lord. <coughs> um, <laughs> to give the youth the understanding of their design. And uh, yeah, that's what a timely, timely scripture. For the wise, these proverbs will make you even wiser. And for those with discernment, you'll be able to acquire brilliant strategy, strategies for leadership. Brilliant! Anyway, these kingdom revelations will break open your understanding to unveil the deeper meaning of parables, poetic riddles, and epigrams, and to unravel the words and enigmas of the wise. How then does a man gain the essence of wisdom? We cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in... Oh, again? We're seven verses in and he's hit us twice. Hmm. Growing up spiritually requires personal responsibility. Never mind. Um, when we live in obedient devotion to God. Hmm. Wonder what fruit obedience would follow on. But anyway. Let's continue. Stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this. For they scorn true wisdom and knowledge. I already heard it. You're not teaching me nothing new. It's been six months. And I have the Holy Ghost. So why do I, you know, quench the Spirit? <laughs> Can't do it. His mercy and His grace is too strong for me. He's not holding it to my account. I accepted the blood of Jesus. That's not stubborn know-it-alls that will never... Oh, wait. They scorn. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's your hair, Jode, because that is not mine. <laughs> Glory. I wasn't using it as a bookmarker, I promise. <laughs> I love my wife. <laughs> anyway, a little creepy. <laughs> Uh, verse 8 is one of the points that I'm trying to make. Let's get there. Uh, <laughs> the Lord tells me this when we're going. Anyway, pay close attention, my child, to your father's wise words and never forget your mother's instruction. How do you pay close attention to this relationship, father and mother? Without having it. When we look back, we're supposed to talk about him in the morning and in the noonday and at night. When we're walking and when we're eating and when we're lying down. We constantly have that wellspring coming out of our mouth. Because we're full of the word of God. We don't have opinions. We have answers. 
If you think about it, you probably thought wrong. If you asked about it, you probably got it right. See, the person that always has the answers to everything, quit growing. The one that continues to ask is acquiring knowledge and is growing. So we watch ourselves. If we always have the answer, we became a lid or a god unto ourselves. We're stopping our growth. But if we always ask a question, Lord, how do I reach these people? How do I teach the immature? And he goes, my son, listen closely to your father's wise words. For their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts, divine provision, unearned, unearned. Here it is. I'm just going to give it to you because all that I have is yours. I desire your future to be so good. I'm pouring out. I'm emptying myself. All my, or all the windows of heaven. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days, I guess. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, the, through adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decisions. When peer pressure compels you what? to go with the crowd and sinners invite you to join in, you must simply say, let's do it again. No. Oh, come on. Everybody's going to be there. No. Oh, everybody's doing it. No. Don't they have an opinion? Ooh, you were weak on that. They don't have an opinion. God has it. We esteem his word higher than everything, the very breath that we breathe. <laughs> okay, well. Verse 11. When the gang says we're going to steal and kill and get away, my thing shut off. I'm going to lose my place. <laughs> Anybody else find that funny? Okay. Um, when the gang says we're going to steal and kill and get away with it, we'll take down the rich and rob them. They got plenty of money. They don't need it. Oh, no, it's okay. You can, you can go that place. You can go there. You can do that. Don't worry about it. I mean... I can be the God over their life and their finance. So it, just, just rob from them. Everybody does it. You know, everybody cheats on their taxes. Why are you guys? Let, let, we'll take down the rich and rob them. I didn't write Democrats beside that. <laughs> but I did. I'm not that very political. But... I could, anyway, we'll swallow them up alive and take what we want from whoever we want. This don't live in the world, does it? Is that what they say? That's what then we'll take their treasures and fill our homes with loot. So come on and join us. Take your chance with us. We'll divide it up all that we get. Socialism. Anyway, we, we, we'll each... 
we'll each end up with a big bag of cash, Robin Hood. Yeah, I mean, are we infiltrated with these thoughts? We need to walk wisely. My son refused to go with them and stay far away from them. Just asking you, please, don't, that right now, is this, is this what you want to do for a vacation? I mean, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Christians go to Vegas. Do you know that there's, there's, you know what some of the, like the two worst people are in Vegas? Police officers and preachers. Ask the people that are there. Because they get to be what they don't get to be. I know police officers that quit because of what went on with the police officers they went to Vegas with. They walked away. We get tired of holding ourselves to the obedient law all the time and being an upright citizen and all these things. See, it's not wrote on their hearts. It's in their heads. If you want intimacy, you got to get into a relationship. If you want rules and legalism, then keep looking at it that way. My son refused to go with them and stay far away. For crime is their way of life and bloodshed their specialty. To be aware of their snare, to be aware of their snare, is the best way of escape. They'll resort to murder to steal their victim's assets, but eventually it'll be their own lives that are ambushed. In their ungodly disrespect for God, they bring destruction on their own lives. I'm not going to get through the next one. But chapter 2, verse 1 says, My child, will you treasure my wisdom? And it continues. We can continue down this. I knew it would, there's no way. I probably wrote all the whole thing, but whatever, all four weeks. Uh, will we go back and glean? Will we hear the words of wisdom that have come? Will we go back through the sermons? Will we go back through the teachings, through the books, through the notes? Check the highlighted scriptures. Look at the things you've wrote in the margins of your Bible. Are you gleaning those things? Because they're tomorrow's future and the supply that you have that you need to get by. He's provided everything. His mercy is amazing. It is amazing. And his love gift to you is your tomorrow. And so let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word to us today. Father, we will not despise these things. We will not treat them as common. But Lord, we will honor them. We'll respect them. We'll lift them up and esteem them. Thank you, Lord, for your precious Holy Spirit in speaking to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.